The scripture today is from the Gospel of Mark. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you own, and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals, it is impossible, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, Look, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house, or brothers or sisters, or mother or father, or children or fields, for my sake and for the sake of the good news, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age, houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children, and fields with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. The Gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Here's the problem, Beth. Masks and microphones. And well, I don't, ha I don't have the earring problem. Before I begin, uh, let me just say how happy I am uh, to be here. Uh, this is really fun for me. Um, I, I'm really honored. Uh, Probably not many of you here know, know that 40 years ago, uh, my wife Karen uh, came to Mount Olivet as a pastoral intern. Uh, she stayed uh, after that year and did a, a year as a senior high youth director and then, um, and, and then was called here as a pastor as well. Um, and so she, uh, she worked with um, an absolute phenomenal guy, great pastor, uh, Keith Freeze. 
um, for, for all of those years, and he was a, a great friend of ours. Uh, this church was very, very um, good to us, and uh, I, so it's an honor really to be here. And uh, I have to say from, from, uh, from Keith and my wife, now you've got, you got Pastor Beth. Uh, uh, she may be the best pastor of them all who's, uh, who's been here. I, I hope you guys know how fortunate you are um, to have her here. I've spent a lot of time in the last uh, uh, 20 months uh, looking at screens with pastors from all over the country. And I have to tell you, it's been a hard time to be a pastor um, and, and I know it's been a hard time to be anything uh, during this pandemic, but pastors have had it particularly tough, and I see a lot of, a lot of weariness. So um, I, I want you to do this for me. Um, take care of your pastor. Uh, you've got a great one here. Take care of her um, as she takes care uh, of all of you. Grace unto you and peace from God our Creator and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So as our um, gospel began this morning, uh, a man runs up and kneels before Jesus. Um, In in a couple of verses, we're going to find out that this guy is really wealthy. Um, He has everything that a person could want. He and his wife drive... They, they drive his and her Teslas. That's how much money um, they got. This guy's rich. And, and on top of that, we're told he's, he's a pretty good man. He keeps, he keeps the commandments. He volunteers uh, packing food at Feed My uh, Starving Children. Uh, he donates blood. He goes to church. He, he gives Pastor Peter three-foot pots. This guy's okay. Um, it seems like he shouldn't have a worry in the world, though. So, so that's what makes these verses from the Gospel of Mark so odd um, because all the other people in the Gospel of, of Mark who come and kneel before Jesus either have some, some dread disease or, or they're demon-possessed, um, which causes us to ask, is there, is there something wrong with the rich man? Is, is, is he sick? Um, actually, it seems that uh, all he wants is for Jesus to answer a question. So um, he, he, he asks this, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Um, no, it's great. The, you know, he's, he's, he's uh, addressing Jesus with great, with great reverence. He, he, he seems to have a lot of uh, respect for him. And he doesn't just say teacher, but he says, good teacher. I'm, I'm so honored that you would meet with me. Um, but he has a question. What should I do? And, and in verse 21, we read these words there. They're great. Jesus, looking at him, loved him. That, that may be the sweetest verse in the Bible, right? Jesus looking at him, loved him. Now, it's important to note that uh, uh, what Jesus is about to say uh, to the rich man, it will be hard words, but they're said to him in love. This is what Jesus said. You lack one thing. Go, sell what you own, give the money to the poor, and then come follow me. Jesus gives him a command, actually four commands. Go, sell what you own, 
give the money to the poor, then come, follow me. Go, sell, give, follow. Four little verbs that will actually haunt the man forever. Uh, Jesus clearly knows something here that we uh, don't know. He, he apparently has seen the man's tax returns, um, and he knows his heart. And, and Jesus tells that the man that he must sell everything he has and give it to the poor. Now, I have to tell you, from, um, from the point of view of the uh, uh, Mount Olivet Stewardship Committee, uh, I think uh, it appears that Jesus has blown it here, right? If he'd, if he'd asked just for a contribution, even, even a very generous one, uh, substantial but, but reasonable, I, he probably would have gotten it. And uh, it could have helped the disciples' bottom line. Remember, um, they had to take a lunch off of a little kid to feed the 5,000, right? Um, I, I think they needed the cash. But Jesus is not concerned with raising funds. He's concerned with saving souls. And, and thus the rich man was asked to give everything he had. And, and, and not for Jesus' sake, but for his own. The, 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 the rich man came for a little spiritual advice, and he's confronted with this reality that God is not really his God at all. He, he really worships money, power, success, himself. And, and, and we read, when he, when he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving for he had many possessions. The, the rich man turns around and he walks away from Jesus. He will not go, he will not sell, he will not give, he will not follow. He walks away. And what we have here in this chapter is the only time in the New Testament that someone knelt before Jesus and was not healed. And the reason was money. Now, I want to be clear here that Jesus never claims that, that, that money is a bad thing in and of itself. Um, if you look at a story um, like the Good Samaritan, we can see that, that money can be used for good, right? If the Samaritan hadn't had money to share, he, he wouldn't have been able to, to take the man to an inn and pay for his room, make sure he got the right, right, right care. It took money to do that. So money can be used for good. Jesus comes across rich people, uh, people like, like Zacchaeus and, and, and Nicodemus, and, and, and he doesn't tell them that they have to give all of their uh, money away. Money, if, if, if used correctly, can, can enhance our relationship with God and, and with others. Money is not always bad. The, the question is only how you use it and how it uses you. Uh, the problem is not the rich man, that the rich man has a lot of money. It's that he has the wrong attitude about his money. It is the most important thing to him. More important than God, more important than eternal life, more important than his neighbors. He, he, he cannot follow Jesus because he's following something else. 
Let's be honest. We can, we can fall into this money trap ourselves. I, I'll admit, uh, sometimes it happens to me. Um, if you think that somebody who goes into the, the line of work that, that I go into but doesn't know the temptations of money, um, you're, you're, you're wrong. I, I know that, Paul. You, you may think that all I, I, I do all week is sit in my office and pray and, 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 and read the Bible, but I do other important things like, um, like checking the waiver wire for my fantasy football teams. And I do this too. I, I, I casually, but intently, go to the website where I can get immediate updates on the status of my retirement accounts. Stock market down? Oh, let me check. And I know, I know that's not the worst thing in the world, but it's easy, very easy, to slip into a, a, a selfishness that claims that all I have is mine. And that, and that it's money, not God, that makes me secure. It, it, it's money that we think can bring us happiness. I, I don't know if you watch uh, TED Talks, but there's, um, there's a great TED Talk um, that I, I highly recommend to you. It's called Money Can Buy Happiness. And uh, it's done by Michael Norton, who's a, a professor at the, at the Harvard Business School. Let, let me give you a brief summary of it. He, he talks about that, that people who win the lottery think their lives are going to be amazing. Um, but you've probably heard about this. In fact, their lives almost never are. They, they, they often buy too much, and even though they have all this money, they go into debt. Um, they're, they're constantly being bugged by, by family and, and, and friends and charities for handouts, which, which really annoys them um, and causes their social relationships to be ruined. The more they have, the more selfish and the less happy they become. And we all say to that, yeah, but let me try. Nobody believes it. But, but that's what the Harvard guy says. And, and, and to prove it, he, uh, he had a hypothesis that maybe the reason money doesn't make people happy is that they're spending their money on the wrong things. So, so they did an experiment. They went to uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, and uh, they, 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 they did um, this test with a group of college students. And here's what they did. Um, they uh, give both groups, 100 people I think it was, 50 um, they, they gave money to, and they told them, you have to spend it on yourself, okay? The other 50, they, they gave them money and said, you have to spend it on others. Um, so they went off. They went off and, and they did it. Um, and uh, uh, in, in many cases, uh, uh, it, it, what was purchased was a cup of coffee because that's what, that's what a college student sees if you give them money. They see a cup of coffee. Um, but, but, but some 
had to drink it themselves, and, and some gave it to others so that they could drink for free. So they all come back after a couple hours and they interview the participants and the, the, the students who, who had been told they had to spunny, spend the money on themselves um, were largely unchanged. They were, they were blasé ho-hum about the whole um, experience. But the people who had to spend the money on others, um, they were noticeably more happy. They, they were even excited about their experiences. They, they all had stories to tell. Um, one guy told about, about taking a homeless guy uh, to McDonald's and buying him half the menu. And, and then he said, you should have seen the look on the guy's face. It was, it, it was grace. They, they, they had fun. It was an enjoyable experience giving this money away. Okay. You say, well, that's college students in Vancouver. But actually, they took this test and, and, and they went around the world with it. They went to Uganda. And, and, and it was the same things. They were buying different stuff, but, but the same thing happened. The people who, who, who gave the money away were way more happy than those that kept it um, for themselves. So here is the Harvard conclusion. Spending money on others has a bigger return on investment for your happiness than spending it on yourself. And, 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 and that's what Jesus says too, of course. We are, we are never more like God than we give when we give something away. That's when we're happy. That's when we're whole. That's, um, that's when we're closest to God. Now, the problem with that, of course, is that we don't trust it. We, we, we don't really believe it's true. Because it's hard to believe that, that, that winning the lottery wouldn't, wouldn't be the best thing that ever happened to us. It's, it, it, it's hard to believe that, that, that giving money to a food shelf would, would, would make you happier, happier than buying a new BMW, Right? It, 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 it's hard to believe that, that buying, well, Twins tickets or Viking tickets or, or Timberwolves tickets wouldn't, wouldn't be more fun than dropping money in the offering plate. Okay, that one actually we, we get. Our Minnesota teams are terrible. They're, that's painful. But giving money away can be hard. And, and, and by the way, I don't think that temptation... Is, uh, is going away. Um, because three of the, the largest and most influential companies in the world, and actually of all time, um, uh, only are going to grow by increasing our desire to accumulate more. You know, we, we think Facebook and Google do, do something else, but they're, they're, they're advertising companies who seek to sell us stuff. That's why they get all this information about it, so they can influence us to, to buy things. That's how they make their, their, their money. And, 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 and then when we buy it, we, we just have to sit down in front of that same screen and and press three buttons, and, and Amazon will bring it to us. That's the third company. They'll, they'll just bring it to our door. It's so easy to get more stuff. 
And, and, and I'll just tell you, in the end, it doesn't bring happiness. In, in, in fact, like the rich man, you can, you can have everything and it's still not enough. We, we, we said it in our confession here um, uh, that sometimes we take for ourselves rather than sharing what we have been given. And when we do that, we, we, we feel this emptiness inside of us. It's the same feeling that the rich man in the gospel today had. And, and so we might feel that need to, 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 to go to Jesus, to, to ask for, for healing from him. And, and so when we do, we're going to come and, and, and kneel before Jesus. And then we're going to ask, what should I do? What should I do? And this is what will happen. Jesus will look at you and love you. And, and he will say, Put your trust in me. I'll take care of you. Uh, I, I will show you the way to a better life. It's a, it's a way of caring for others more than you care for yourself. It's, it's a way of generosity. It's a, a, a way of compassion. And you will find that when you follow Jesus' way and when you are, are healed of this, this sickness, of acquisitiveness, you will find that the way of Jesus is a way to find happiness, a way to find joy, and a way to find peace in your life. Amen.